podcast for the weekend of Saturday, October 16. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, my Winning Post colleagues, Jackpot Joel Marshall and Dynamite Dan Nuttall. Well, Joel, one of the really, really big days these days on the uh, Australian racing calendar is Caulfield Cup Day and the Everest. Absolutely massive. As I've written in the publications this week, a bit unusually, the Caulfield Cup, the 18-runner staying handicap, has a much shorter favourite than the Everest, which uh, is a 1,200-metre 12-runner wait-for-age sprint. Work that out. Yeah, indeed. It's uh, it's a great weekend of racing. And, uh, well, the favourite you speak of, Incentivise, he's uh, just well, captured everyone in racing, hasn't he? Eight on the bounce. And... Well, not even the outside barriers really saw his price change. I think he might have been a dollar ninety out to two ten, um, something like that. So still, yeah, well, very very short. I did see he was out to two forty uh, immediately after the barrier draw, but he's back into two ten, is he? Yeah, yeah. I think he's well two four. Even if you can get two forty, that's still pretty light. I, I mean, I know he's he's winning and he's doing everything right, but gee, you'd, I really think he'd want two eighty three dollars to be. You know, to be getting interested, but um, a lot of people saying it's not a vintage Caulfield Cup. So I guess, you know, if he's a freak and it's not a vintage race, he might just be too damn good. But uh, the other race you speak of, the Everest, well, lots of intrigue there. And I, I'm surprised with the market and, and, and the shape of the market the last two or three weeks, in particular around the favourite Classic legend. He's just continued to shorten and shorten in the last four or five weeks, and he's been at home in his box. So it's uh, it's really been amazing that, um, you know, he just all these other horses have been going around and he's just been sitting there trialling and shortening off his trial. So really intriguing race. Can he repeat? We've already had a repeat winner of the Everest in Red Zell. So it'll be interesting to see if Classic Legend can get it done. And, well, another huge payday for Karen McAvoy, perhaps. Well, what we haven't had in the Everest uh, is the first up winner. Uh, as you've mentioned, Classic Legend at home in his box. Uh, last year became the shortest priced runner in the Everest ever. That's uh, and he was four dollars twenty. So that's what a great betting race it has been over its four years. Uh, could sh- start shorter than four twenty on Saturday. It's certainly uh, been around about the four dollar mark over the past week. Uh, I don't think will. I, I reckon we'll get out beyond. Uh, four twenty possibly even won't start favourite because uh, Dan, it's just it's a big query for me. I mean, great horse, but big query for me um, first up. Absolutely. And uh, for that reason, I've sort of taken a set against it. Um, you know, you've got these hard fit, so much hard fit, but horses that have had the benefit of a couple of runs under their belt, these very classy sprinters. December, when um, uh, failing to... Failing to, to run well in Hong Kong. Um, look, the trials have obviously been very good, but yeah, I just thought with horses that are fit and um, the class of horses up against, I just couldn't take that price, hence I've sort of, sort of gone against it. But um, really uh, excellent addition once again of this race and plenty to look forward to throughout the day, but clearly the highlight the, the Tad River even on the day with the Caulfield Cup. All right, well... Uh... Uh, I'm sensing that uh, both of our Sydney experts will be going, will be tipping against the favourite in the Everest, but we will start at Caulfield. We'll take you right through the black type. There's a 10-race card. The black type starts in race three. 
It is the Polytrack Gothic Stakes, 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties for three-year-old Colts and Geldings at the listed level, Joel. Yeah, a couple of these sort of smallish fields early in the day um, certainly make things interesting. I've leaned the way here. Well, I've gone for a real roughie. Number nine, Sarah Nor, who, gee, I was taken by his maiden win at Ballarat. It just looked like he would uh, go to the next level and, and be very hard to beat. I'm not sure what happened at the Valley. Uh, he got back. I know that perhaps the pattern and, and the tempo were against him, but, you know, he was beaten near 12 lengths. Um, perhaps the, the soft track and, and just a combination of a few things, but it ne- nothing really showed up on the vet check. I'm convinced he's better than that, and he's 50 to 1, and I don't think this is an overly strong race. They've got a couple here with pretty good form, but uh, I'm just going to take a punt on him because I think he's much, much better than what we saw the other day. Three extreme flight in for second. Strong win at Sandown. Uh, the runner-up who was on debut there ran pretty respectable race in the Caulfield Guineas last week. For Sandy Prince, comes through the Stutt Stakes. Prior to that, nailed on the line by Forgot You. Speaking of horses that ran well in the Caulfield Guineas, he certainly did. And one daily bugle, he comes through the Caulfield Guineas on the quick backup. Didn't do a lot there, but his prior run in the Stutt Stakes certainly suggests he's a hope. A bit of a knockout one here for me. Nine from three, four and one. Um, just sort of tired late, over 1,600 metres in the Stutt Stakes last start. I think he suited back to 1,400 metres. He was a dominant winner of this trip. Sandown Hillside, three back uh, on affected going, which the conditions he'll likely get here. Uh, for a good draw, maps to lead again. I think over 1,400 metres will be harder to run down. So on top for me, the four. Got the three next, a strict extreme flight. Two recent wins have been very good. Um, rose to this trip last time in town and and one straight out of Maiden Grey, which isn't easy to do, but he did it quite well. Uh, they're clearly the two for me. Six cheerful legends. Uh, first up in a much weaker race. Did win, win well, but has to lift again. And in for fourth over the seven, Prince Alexander. Four, three, six, and seven for me. Yeah, I went for cheerful legends coming off a first up win and uh, has run fourth at this trip in the VRC size, which seems to be reasonably good form after Lightsaber ran okay in the innings last week. Um, query with cheerful legend, I guess, is the soft track failed only or, or likely, likely soft or possibly even heavy track. Uh, forecast for Melbourne on Friday, 15 to 25 millimetres, which is a fair old range, but if it's 25, we're surely looking uh, at the heavy range. Um, for second, I've got Mr. Me, and in fact, made him my roughie on page four of Winning Post this week. He also is coming off a first up maiden win and, uh, had been gilded quite impressive there, and that was on a soft track. And then I've got uh, uh, Extreme Flight and Park Avenue, which makes my numbers six, eight, three, and two. Race four at Caulfield on Saturday is the Schweppes Ethereal Stakes, 2,000 metres, set weights and penalties for three year old fillies at Group Three level job. I've gone with the Edward Manifold form. We saw that form to the four, the Quinella, running the Quinella in the 1,000 guineas on Wednesday. Seven, Mokalua, I was with in that race, and she just had no luck. Brett Preble couldn't slot in from the wide gate. Wide, no cover for most of the way, and I thought she kept battling on pretty well. So I'm going to go with her each way, give her another chance. From six, Glint of Hope, talented maiden, this girl, and she's tracking the right way towards the Oaks. I think a bigger track will probably suit her better, but she certainly can win. And then, uh, well, the Spruit course, I've got in for third, Kapalua Sunset. Certainly looked 
very impressive, winning that maiden at Kitan by seven lengths. Daughter of Tavistock, she's heading in the right direction. And next best, another of the manifold runners, number 11, Daisies. Also a maiden, but ticking along quite well. Seven on top for me from 6, 10 and 11. But that form as well, the manifold, and I'm with the 11 Daisies on top. I thought her run was as good as anything in the race. She was a, a long way back, had to from the wide draw. Um, but I thought the sort of last 200 metres, she was running, hitting the line as, as well as anything. Uh, certainly helped to be close to the speed that day. The Quinella Elusive Express and Yearning both were close to the speed. And of course, um, up to 2,000 metres here for days, I think will suit her ideally. And uh, I think we'll be over the odds in this. So she's on top for me, the 11. You've got the three in next stalking who, again, was another who was running on well in the manifold last start from sort of in the, the second half of the field. Um, she gives every impression the rise and triple suit. The 10 in next Kapalua Sunset, hard to ignore the last start win and rising to the 1875. And in for fourth, I have the six, which is Glint of Hope, also comes out of that manifold. 11 on top of three, 10 and six. Similar thinking from me, Glint of Hope to beat Mokalua, Stalking and Kapalua Sunset, 6, 7, 3 and 10. Race 5 at Caulfield on Saturday is the boys' division of that. That is the Neds Classic, 2,000 metres. This one set weight, no penalties uh, for three-year-olds. And indeed, the uh, fillies are also eligible for this one. And uh, indeed, there is one. And she's a good chance, El Patroness. Joel, how did you say it? Yeah, she is a good chance. Uh, I don't like jumping off winners that uh, I was with last time, but I have jumped off her. Still, I think she's going to be very hard to beat. I'll put her in for second. I've gone with the Chris Waller Colt here, Antonio Giovanni. Listeners will remember uh, he wasn't my uh, best friend when he got rolled at Goulburn a few weeks ago and ruined our lazy lobster all-up bet. But he came out of that and ran a pretty good second at Rose Hill where the leader was able to kick and, and hold on. I thought he kept finding the line quite well. You know, if he was just sort of going through the motions, I don't think Chris Waller would have brought him down here. So I think he's got talent and perhaps, you know, just had an off day there at Goulburn. His two runs either side of that when finding one better have been good. And he's $26. So I think he's a good price to to find out if he can take that little, little next step uh, with the rise of distance. 13-hour patroness, good win against the boys last time out. Will be hard to beat again. Six Gunstock was a very warm favourite in that race, got back. Certainly found the line quite well. Gets the blinkers on here and from a, a good gate, hopefully he settles a bit closer and gets his chance. And I thought one of the maiden winners reset the jazz. He was pretty good winning his maiden at Bendigo. And prior to that, did run second to Tis Magic, who's also a hope here. So you can sort of tie that form in and he looks to be over the odds for mine. 12 for me from 13, 6 and 10. With the six gun stock, I was keen on him in the superimposed second up and just gave himself too much to do there. He... Ran out of a track, but was running on nicely into third there. Um, it was a very good effort up to 1,800 metres. Uh, he'll relish the rise to 2,000 here. Uh, informed jockey John McNeil sticking on him. So six on top of the one micro, who's impressed me this preparation. He's only got the one win from 10 starts. But he was out of maiden grade last start in start stakes. And he closed nicely there. Time to wind up, and um, again, another looks suited for the rising trip. They're clearly the two for me six on top of one. I got the four, Tiz Magic, showing a little bit of talent early on. Um, just missed last start when settling midfield there in that superimposed stakes from second, and then for fourth, the 12, Antonio Giovanni. 
my numbers, 61412. I went for the superimposed stakes form here, thought Tis Magic could turn the tables on El Petroness with Gunstock third, and I've chucked in Micro for fourth, fourth, 13, six, and one. Race six at Caulfield on Saturday is the Ned's Munga Stakes, 1,400 metres. This is set weights and penalties for four years old and up at Group 3 level, Joel. Yeah, tricky, tricky affair. I think there's enough, well, there looks good speed on here, and I've just ended up coming back to the class who should get a nice run behind them, number one, Zutori. Probably doesn't want it any wetter than a soft five, soft six. He competed on a soft six last time in the Gill Guy at Flemington and, and did everything but win. Uh, nutted late by Kemantari. He has won over 1,400. He hasn't really been over the distance much in the past 24 months. They had a crack at the all-aged off the back of his new market win and his TJ Smith run. And he didn't have a lot of room in the straight there in the all-aged. He was only beaten three and a half lengths. This is a lot easier. I can see him camped just behind the leaders. I think his class will shine through here. Four, just a canter. Was on the quick backup at Flemington last time out. Got a late split and finished off very strongly to win up four kilos here. The little knock, but now that he's won, he might be able to put two together. Eight, Buffalo River. Looked to have his chance last week. Did battle on quite well. The key to him is that he's going to get wet ground, you would think. And I guess the wetter, the better for him. And he should be ready to peak third up. So... If you've been burnt by him a few times, perhaps he's worth one more go. And 10 King Magnus, next best model of consistency. Been carrying some light weights, to be fair. So now he's got 57 here and isn't well off at the weights. But he is so honest, you uh, certainly should include him in your exotics. One Zutori on top of uh, four, eight and ten. Well, I do fall into that category of uh, being burnt by Buffalo River before, but going to give him one more. I'm keen on him here. I thought his run... Joel's right, he did have every chance last weekend, but thought his run was pretty good because once he was passed, he sort of did uh, fight on well to the left. Looked like he was going to sort of run third there, but did fight on for second there behind Karma Lass. Wet track, as I said, is the key. His form on affected ground is um, was very good. Five wins from eight starts, and he's had to miss the placings. Um, bit of third up. I think this looks the nice a nice race for him. It'll be really hard to catch on that on that preferred going. So Buffalo River um, on top for me. The eight, the five, and next Gulwa. Horses, oh, he's got quite a good wet, wet track record. Didn't have much luck last start at Flemington. Um, he was good behind Frosty Rocks early in the preparation in Sydney. He's going well this preparation without a win, but he's very consistent consistent gelding. And um, yeah, as I said, the does have form on affected going. But the one in next Zutori, um, certainly the class of the field, and as notably probably a sprinter, but up to fourteen hundred metres has got some form. And in for fourth, I have the seven. Be good to your mother. You see, lights racing here. Eight on top of five, one and seven. Yeah, be good to your mother. Has not won for a long, long time. And in fact, I and I'm pleased to say I haven't tipped him or backed him in that entire time. Um, you know, I, I think it just because. I think it often happens that if a horse sort of comes from pretty much nowhere to win a Group 1 handicap, uh, they really do struggle because they either have to carry big weights in handicaps or they have to run in weight for age races they're not suited to. But uh, be good to your mother. Because he's been no, or hasn't won for uh, such a long time, uh, avoids a penalty here. I mean, the weight horse is probably Zutori. But, uh, look, be good to your mother. Very good second up, I thought. 
might be finally ready to break through, so I've made him my value bet for the day. Not entirely convinced about the wet track, but you know, I suppose you could say that about a lot of these. And, and as we say, we're speaking to you on Thursday afternoon in blazing sunshine in Melbourne, so we don't know how wet it's going to be. Be good to your mother to be Zutori, Just a Canter and Buffalo River 7, 1, 4 and 8 for me. Next race, race 7 at uh, Caulfield is the first leg of the quaddy. It is the Lexus Tristark Stakes, 1,400 metres, set weights and penalties for mares, four years old and up at Group 2 level, Joel. Yeah, well, I don't know about this race. This is a real trap and this is a race where you really need to wait and see the the conditions and what the tracks come up because you've got a class mare like Colette who's coming off a setback, was bound for the Caulfield Cup, but obviously off that setback, they've had to switch her back in trip 1400. If it's really wet, then she can win, no doubt. Um, Cirileo Miss hasn't been scratched yet. Will they back up from Wednesday? Probably doubtful. Shalo, I think, is probably better suited away from Caulfield. Carmelas up five kilos on a quick backup. A lot of question marks here. I've gone with the New South Wales visitor, Nimalee, because I think no matter what presents here and no matter what happens, she's just going to run well because she, she normally does. She's very consistent. She's had the two runs back. Her fourth against the boys first up was very good and then just couldn't quite peg back Vangelic, who was well rated in the lead in the golden pendant. So I think she's the sort of the, um, you know, the... The one you can just rely on most here. Two Colette, all class, as I said, whether the better for her. Four Shayu, just that little bit of a worry at Caulfield for mine. And eight Pride of Jenny, she might give a bit of cheek on speed again, like she did at Flemington last time out, where it took a, a classy mare and still a star to run her down. Three on top from two, four, and eight. Yeah, with three as well, Nimalee, um, super honest mare. Informed stable. She peaks ready to peak here third up. Um, can roll, roll forward here. Settle handy. The wet track, no problem. So three on top. Colette in next the two. Obviously, the query is back to 1,400 metres from the mile last start. But the class will take her a long way in this. And if it's really wet, um, she'll obviously get through the going just fine. Um, so three on top of two. Four in next, Shao. First up win was excellent to the eye. An underrated horse, only five wins from nine starts, and a lot of those starts have been in the better company. Um, and in for fourth, I have the uh, in for fourth, I have the eight pride of Jenny, thought very good last start behind, still a star we know is very talented. My numbers, uh, sorry, three on top of two, four, and eight. I will make it unanimous for Nima Lee to beat Shalo, pride of Jenny. And Brazen Song, three, four, eight, and five. I've left out Colette. Uh, just, uh, just too many queries for mine. But if it's a heavy ten, obviously uh, I'll certainly be including her in the quaddy. Or well, if it's a heavy track at all, I'll be including her in the quaddy. Race eight, second leg of the quaddy at Caulfield on Saturday, sixteen to face the starter in the Carlton Draft. A Lingy Stakes, eleven hundred metres, set weights and penalties. For fillies and mares, a couple of early scratchings in Volpine and Gem of Scotland mean that Sugartown and Smoke and Val get a run. It's that listed level. Joel, probably a wide quaddy leg, maybe. Yeah, tough race. Obviously, the the set weights. You know, you're probably looking for those with the with the higher ratings. But I've gone for one here. Who, you know, needs to defy the weight a little bit. Number thirteen, Rainbeal. She's always showed plenty. This girl. Always looked stakes class. 
very good win first up at Swan Hill first up. I know it was only a benchmark 78, but just oozed class there. And then went to the valley back and wide. And she kept to her guns really well in the straight. She was well beaten, but the winner was Lombardo, who, of course, has won since. And he's, I think, second favourite for the Manicato coming up. So I think that form line's pretty good. She's drawn well. She'll posse just behind the speed. And I think she's a good each-way player at around $12 or $13. Six, bless her. I thought it was very good. At Sandown, behind Esther LaRocca, she had the big weight there. She hit the line well. little step up in trip helps. She's got a good record at Caulfield. Ten, Rubisaki, suited at the set weight. She's a classy mare on her day. A couple of um, sort of strange runs, and you know, she was a real model of consistency early, and she's had a couple of um, sort of off runs in the last five or six, but Group 1 placed five runs back in the Sangster, so she's going to be hard to beat. Gate 1's a bit tricky for her, and 9, Emanate. I was tossing up between it and Varda. They probably go both go in the quaddy for me, the two good Olfen runners, but I've thrown Emanate just with the two runs back from a spell, low draw. I think she can run well. 13 for me from 6, 10 and 9. I like the two, Varda on top. Um, it's giving the winner four kilos there in Lord Olympics, Olympus at Sydney first up. And uh, she ran well to that also in seconds. Uh, 1,000 metres, up to 1,100 metres here. Certainly suits. She's 5 of 8 at the trip. Wet track, no problem. She's 3 for 3. And her second up win last preparation, sort of a seen to, to be believed, sort of win at Doom, but in a listed race, she was a mile off them on the turn. The closing splits that day were outstanding. And she won extremely impressively there, second up. So she can sort of perform... Uh, like that here, here's certainly a chance. Um, good draw, shouldn't be too far away from them. The handle's all going. So two on top, Varda. They've got the four and next, How Romantic, I thought was very good first up at Sandown Hillside, running on uh, from near last in a race that was controlled from the front. Uh, bit of second up. as a two-time winner at this track. Uh, Bless her, was very good in that same race. She gets to be considered in this as well. And in for fourth, I've got one. Uh, down the bottom, we had a little bit of a bigger price, Garvok. Um, she was mainly racing in benchmark 78, 84 races, last preparation without winning, but she was competitive more often than not. She's got a very good first up record. Um, I just thought she, I think she's good enough for a race like this. If she can get the right run, she's drawn barrier two. It's worth throwing into, a, into the quaddy. My numbers, two, four, six, and 15. Uh, six, bless her for me to beat uh, Lashes, Varda and Rainbeal. The big one at Caulfield on Saturday, race nine, Carlton Draft, Caulfield Cup, 2,400-metre handicap, group one, worth $5 million, Joel. Yeah, I am going against the favourite. He's in my numbers, but I am with 16 nonconformist, sticking with him, been sort of with him right the way through. Tough win in the naturalism where he held off Delphi, who franked the form last week, and then terrific at weight for age last week, getting past the Cox Plate favourite in Zaki, and well, he was just nosed out on the line by a genuine Group 1 mare in Probabil. He's going to need a touch of luck from that wide gate, but there's a few in the same boat. I'd like him dropping down in the weights. 10, Delphi in for second, as mentioned. Frank the form last week, strong win in the Herbert Tower. Took off early off the moderate tempo and, and was very strong to the line. Damien Oliver getting down. In the weights, to ride's a good pointer. 15, young Verta in for third, who tried hard against incentivised second up. He'll be much fitter here. He gets his chance to win a big race. He's sort of been knocking on the door for a while. And two incentivised. 
no real knock apart from the price and the gate. I just think he should be a little bit longer in the market, but he could just be better than them. Uh, it'll be intriguing to watch. 16 from 10, 15 and 2. Agree with Joel and the fact that incentivise uh, too short of a betting prospect at the, at the minute, but he's a rare talent and his two wins in Melbourne were uh, fantastic. The fight he's shown in both of those, as we've seen in Queensland, albeit against far inferior company to what he sees here, his uh, form over this uh, 2,400 metres um, distance range is, is excellent. Uh, we'll obviously need some luck from that wide draw, but it's hard to go against him really on what he's shown so far. And and the fact that he's only still improvement yet to come, you'd think with only 11 starts under his belt. So incentivise on top. In for second, I have the uh, 10 Delphi who well ridden last start from Damien Oliver and scoring that Herbert power, but had a little bit on them there. Um, and obviously drops from 57 to 52 and a half on the quick backup. Nonconformist in for third. Very good behind a Probabile, who's obviously a noted dry tracker uh, last weekend, but he's having an excellent preparation and um, running the morning to cut last last time in work over this trip indicates he'll run out a strong 2,400 metres. Then for fourth, oh, won a, a big price in Charm Star, the 18. Um, third, it was second up, was, was third up, was sharply up in trip from 1,600 metres to 2,400 metres in the Metrop. And from a long way back, I thought he's finished off okay there. Um, we'll certainly drive plenty of benefit from that run, um, staying at 2,400 metres. And did pl- did finish second behind Duas in the Queensland Oaks last prep. So talented horse, 50 kilos here. He's well over the odds. Just thought it might be worth throwing into um, into a quaddy at the 18. By numbers, incentivise on top, the two on top of 10, 16 and 18. I'm with Joel with non-conformist to beat incentivise Delphi and last year's place getter, the chosen one, 16, 2, 10 and 4. Finally at Caulfield Race 10 is the McCafe Caulfield Sprint 1,000 metres. It is a uh, Group 2 handicap, Joel. There's a few chances here. Um, I didn't take much notice of the market when I was putting my selections in and then had a look late last night and saw Swats that $23. So I'm clearly on the wrong train there. But um, yeah, staggered. She's that big a price. I'll stick with her. I know she's got 59, which is a real steadier against uh, some of these um, sort of, you know, boom horses down towards the bottom. But tough run in the Moya, wide no cover. Damien Oliver sticks with her. Yeah, I think $23 is crazy. Uh, 11, Enthar has been the one that they've backed. That's seen the market sort of turn on its head a little bit. I think they went up $8. She came into four twenty. She's obviously the X factor here. She was beaten in the Blue Diamond, but she was all the rage leading into it. They've been patient. Everyone's sort of been waiting for her to return. Well, here she is, and they haven't missed stepping into backer. Ten Curran. What a beauty. That was a lovely ride, must admit, first up over the 9.55. You know, that, whether that distance was going to be too short was the query, but terrific effort by Matty Cartwright to get it in 1-1, and the horse did the rest. He's uh, certainly heading in the right direction. And six, he's a bolter, just continues to win. Uh, different sort of a race here, probably more pressure, back to 1,000. Uh, but he certainly is uh, hard to ignore in his current form. One for me from 11, 10 and six. With the three on top, Malkovich. Uh, he's been trialling well in Sydney. The readiness for this. Bjorn Baker took him to took him south to, to Melbourne in the winter and he won it over this tra- at this track. 61 kilos 
on his back. Yeah, he's far too good for the mess. La Roca was second that race, and he went on to Frank. The, uh, the horse went on to Frank the form with a couple of competitive efforts in some weight for age sprints recently. So Malkovich first half off some nice trials in it with a good draw. Um, the one on top for me. Entar in next thrash ingratiating. Uh, first up last time in for it. Pretty decent effort up on the speed of the Blue Diamond. Hasn't been seen since. But 53 kilos, very classy filly. Curran, uh, winning machine off late. In for third, in for fourth. I've got General Bow, 53 kilos, and obviously loves Caulfield. My numbers, two on top of 11, 10, and eight. Oxley Road for me. Uh, it's always shown a bit. Might be uh, ready to explode and uh, prove himself up at this level. Uh, Heavy track will be no problem. Enfar, Malkovich and General Bo round out my numbers 9, 11, 3 and 8. That wraps up a massive Caulfield program. My best comes up early in the program. Uh, a, as I was saying to someone earlier this week, possibly the worst uh, race that's ever been uh, run on Caulfield Cup Day. Race 2, the Tiling Porter Trophy. Um it's a set weights and penalties, but none of them have got a penalty. I just thought uh, the highest grade of their VNLO was the one, way to go. Race two, number one. And my value bet was race six, number seven. Be good to your mother. Joel's best was race six, number one. Zutori. And his value bet race eight, number 13. Uh, Rainbill going up against Daniel's value bet. Race eight, number two. Vada. And Daniel's best going up against uh, Joel's best and my value, and that's race six, number eight. Buffalo River, righto. That takes care of Corfield. We head north to Royal Ramwick, where there will be 10,000 very lucky citizens allowed to attend, and aren't we all looking forward to getting back to the races? Um the Everest comes up uh, later on the program in race seven. We'll take you through the black type, which starts in race four. It is the Bisley Workwear Reginald Allen Quality 1,400-metre listed race for three-year-old fillies, Joel. Uh, five fangirl for me. Didn't get to take her place in the flight stakes a couple of weeks ago, and they obviously thought against taking her down to the 1,000 guineas. She lines up here. She's very tight in the market, $2.90 favourite, but I think she's very good, and I think she can win. Uh, I'll be having a little saver on Mystic Mermaid because I've got a fair bit of time for this girl, sister to multiple Group 1 winner Avantage. She was good at Wyong on debut, made up plenty of ground. Looked like she was going to run past Raduna, but that filly kicked, and Mystic Mermaid probably peaked on her run. Uh, in for third, I have uh, number 11, Headliner, another of the Chris Waller uh, runners. He's got a few here. She didn't have much go right first up at Rose Hill. Uh, sort of got back and then tried making ground near the inside and never really able to build full momentum. And nine, Raduna, as I touched on before. She had a good kick winning that race at Wyong. I think she's in the mix as well. Five, keen on her, can save on the 12, then 11 and nine. Good race, sis. I'm with the one decent rain who... Last start, it was a horror show at Mooney Valley when third behind Sarah Des in the Champagne. She was just caught in a very awkward spot before the turn, held up for longer than uh, she and Johnny Allen would have liked, um, but went out, really rocketed home and handed in some some fast late splits. It was the fifth quickest last 200 of the night. Um, Sydney here to 1,400 metres. 
actually finished 1200. Um, was the impression she can she can run out 1400 meters. She's a talented filly. Um, and the wet track won't seem to hurt her based on a heavy track win early in the press uh, earlier in the campaign. So one on top, decent rain. I got that five and next fangirl, hard to ignore. That the Goulburn win last start went up to this trip. Yeah, a very promising filly. Three, Hoover, Lucy, and next. So the filly got plenty of time for. And five starts without a win before the last um, start midweek win. Didn't beat a whole heap there, but it was a pretty dominant performance. And hopefully, certainly will be a confidence booster for her. Hopefully she can go on with the job. And in for fourth with the two Picaronis. Running well, just missing the placings at, his, at her past couple, but um, she's certainly being thereabouts and, and being competitive. One, five, three, and two. Race five is not a black type race, but it's always a fascinating event. It is the Kosciuszko. It is uh, 1,200 metres set weights and penalties for three-year-olds and up. Uh, it is the slot race for the country horses, and it is worth 1.3 million, Joel. Yeah, always a very interesting race. I've gone with the Cody Morgan pair here. Seven edit, uh, purchased by Australian Bloodstuff out of New Zealand. He showed good promise over there, had form around some nice horses. He was in and scratched twice at Tamworth, where he was around even money. He then popped up at Tamworth, drifted from 350 to six. I don't know what was happening there, but he was huge. Came from last on the turn and did get a run through them, which I guess helped. He didn't have to come around the field. But uh, yeah, he's got a good turn of foot, this horse. He'll be saved for one run. Only having start eight, so just whether he can, you know, I guess take it to a new level against a couple of these more proven horses, but I think he can. The stable mate, he probably isn't quite seasoned enough, but I've always had time for him. In fact, I think I tipped him in this race last year at just his uh, third start. Number eight, Ice in Vancouver. He's a real talent, and they've, uh, well, they've real, really made a point of keeping him fresh for this. He's, both his wins, or he's won two from two first up. So I think he's going to run well at odds. Up towards the top, the class, one handle the truth. He's been taking on the big boys in the Concord and the shorts. He won this in 2019, third off a wide run last year. Now he's got gate one. He'll be hard to beat. And in for fourth, number three, Art Cadeau. Never missed the Quinella in 11 starts. So what a ripper he is. Uh, unfortunately for Connections, front page, scratched on the eve of this race for the second year running. Yeah, that's uh, hard luck for them. Seven from eight, one and three. With the seven edits on top as well. Tamworth win first up was was outstanding if you can circle the field and uh, come from last from drawing the widest there and um, reads a lot about a promising sort of career has in Australia after his beginning in New Zealand um, on the back of that I'm willing to put him on top in this and so seven on top six uh, Spiranek in next she was okay in a, in a solid mares race first up in town and rose to 1300 metres at Bathurst second up um, a pretty handy country field there. It's a four dollar eighty favourite. Uh, she just she blitzed them. Didn't just beat them. It was a pretty dominant display, except for this race. And got the gun jockey on board and James McDonald uh, in for third. I got the eight ice in, in Vancouver. Can mix his form, but his best is good to be competitive in this. And in for fourth, have the twelve ceasefire. Uh, lightly race gelding, pretty promising sort. Winning three from four. He's untapped, but I think you measure up in this race. My numbers, seven, six, eight, and 12. Race six at Randwick is the Moen Chandon Sydney Stakes, 1,200 metres, standard weight for age, group three, worth half a million, Joel. 
Going for a roughie here in seven, rocketing by. I thought he did more than enough first up. He was uh, taken back from his wide gate with the 60 kilos. He ran on strongly, just peaked on his run the last 100 metres. I thought it was a pretty good effort to run fourth behind Big Parade, who I have in as the main danger. He was able to take a sit in that race, just another string to his bow, because normally he likes to rip and tear out in front. And that's probably not ideal as you're trying to climb through the grades. But now that he showed that versatility, he can certainly go on with the job. Six prime candidate ran pretty well in this race last year, went fourth. He comes through that big parade race as well. He always improves with a run under the belt. And two, Signor Fox. He really went uh, sort of up in my estimations last prep. I didn't think he was Group 1 class, but he managed two Group 1 placings. Better on the firmer track. So it uh, just depends how much, rain, uh, how much rain we get, whether he is uh, a bit vulnerable, as could be number three standout. He wants a firm track as well. So an interesting race. We'll probably know more on race morning. Seven from five, six and two. Signore Fox on top, certainly not a hopeless wet tracker, but probably prefers uh, a drier deck. Is trial, um, most recent trial at Randwick behind Classic Legend was eye-catching. He was last on the turn and let them powerfully to run into seconds um, behind Classic Legend there. He's a very good piece of work. He's a good first-half horse. He's won three of six. I think he's sort of um, got better as he's got older in age, this, this horse, and that's shown by the, his form in, in Brisbane during the winter. Is a Group One place in in a pair of Group Ones up in Brisbane. There, at big odds, running third each time, and I think first up in a race like this back in grade off that brilliant trial, uh, probably hard to beat the the two. So he's on top three standout in next. Ready now, third up, um, good second behind Mask Crusader last start. One Kevin Towery. It can be a confidence booster for him. I like the fight he showed there down the straight, the Gill guy. Um, and in for fourth, I have the seven rocketing by. Giving a chance here, second up, back a couple of kilos in weight. Two, the best of the day, on top of three, one and seven. The big one at Randwick on Saturday. And first leg of the quarter is the TAB Everest. Not a black type race for some reason. Uh, I think surely it's time to get over that. I mean... The only reason it wouldn't be is the uh, the sort of entry criteria relying on the slot holders. But, I mean, we've never really heard of a horse that should have been in there that didn't get a run. So uh, I don't see why really this shouldn't be a group one sooner rather than later. It is standard weight for age. It's 1,200 metres and it's worth 15 million, John. Yeah, well, I'm I may have steered you in the wrong direction earlier in the show with me uh, complaining <laughs> about the price of Classic Legend, maybe just hopeful thinking, trying to push the price out, because I am tipping him. I was with him last year. Just, uh, yeah, I really like this horse. Um, he's been trialling well. I know it's a tough task, but he's very good first up, and he is, you know, proven at this level. So, Les Bridge knows what he's doing. I think he's drawn really well. Gate five, he can settle midfield and pounce on them late. So, I, I think I'm, I haven't backed him yet. I'm waiting. Hopefully, the price goes out a little bit, you know, pushes out towards $5. It'd be a little bit more um, appealing. Anyway, for Guitra in for second. He didn't have much room when he needed it in the shorts. He's going to need to be ducking and weaving again from inside gate. But I think it's a lovely draw because he'll just get a, a nice suck run. And if he does get the splits, he'll be very hard to hold out. Uh, five trekking's a good roughie. If it's not too wet, if it's soft five or better, he's a really good roughie at 30 to one. He's run well in this race a couple of times. 
and his Moya run was fantastic. And one nature strip, hard to leave out. He's failed in this race a couple of times, but, uh, you know, he's been awesome, this track and trip in the TJ Smith. So if he's at his best, he can certainly win. The chances don't end there. Two for me from four, five, and one. Nature strip on top for me. Um, went down to Eduardo last start, but no knock there. The win prior in the Concord is, was excellent. Beating Wild Ruler, who came out and won a group one um, a few weeks back. I think won't have to lead here. We'll settle outside Eduardo, you'd think, with Eduardo drawing inside him. But uh, third up now, um, it's hard to go past Nature Trip. If he brings his best, he's certainly the one they have to beat. One had a bit of a prize I'm giving a chance to was the eight, the Inferno. Admittedly, I didn't, wasn't really on him in his two Mooney Valley runs. I uh, certainly didn't pick him to win the McEwen in the, in the fashion he did too back at Mooney Valley. And then thought there were in the, in the Moya last start, but from a long way back, he's run on extremely well, but only just missed Wild Ruler, had the, the gun run closer to the speed. I thought his, his run was definitely the run of the race. Quickly now to slot straight after that performance. And now up to 1,200 metres, which, as is shown in Singapore, is his preferred trip. He will get back from the wide draw. They'll be hoping for plenty of speed on the race, which is every every possibility. And he'll be running home late. I just thought up to 1,200 metres, considering what he's done at 1,000, two starts as preparation, um, the best is still yet to come. So at a bigger price, the Inferno, worth an each-way ticket. Mars Crusader is another one who'll be back in, Need some speed on, but he's as he showed last start in the premier, he's a much better horse at 1200 meters. Um, in for fourth, I have the 12, the, the sold three year old in the field, home affairs, uh, 53 kilos. Lovely return first up. Polaley came out of that race to Frank the form. One on top of eight, six, and 12. Race eight at Randwick on Saturday is the Yulong Craven Plate, 2000 meters. Wait for age group three, worth 750,000, Joel. Yeah, I had to stick with Think It Over. A little bit a little bit of a different race this time than the Hill Stakes. It's a little bit more depth, both in numbers and class, I would think, and a different draw. You know, gate four of seven last time, 11 of 11 here. So a little bit different. But he's hard to ignore in, in this sort of form. He's on two of his four this prep. His other two runs, very good at group one level. Just a genuine Group One wait for wait for age horse these days. So he's on top for me. The one I'll have a little saver on is number ten, Skylab. I think he's a big improver. I know he's tested here at Wait for Age, but he was second to Mawonga when he got to two thousand the Rose Hill Guineas in the autumn. I thought he was right on track uh, with that Cameron run. Didn't really like him in the Epsom. I just thought he was ready to get to further. There was some specking for him in the market. He had his chance, and he was just fair. As I said, I know wait for age. He looks a little bit tested, but I think he's got some upside in this distance range. And then back up towards the top, two shared ambition. Well, he was nailed right on the wire by Think It Over in the Hill Stakes. He'll press forward and give you a great sight again. And three, Kynortique. He drew six of seven. They went back. Tempo wasn't great. He sort of battled home okay. He can settle, you know, three or four lengths closer here from gate one. Unknown on genuinely wet ground, that's the query. But we've seen these first two runs in Australia. He's got the class to uh, be very competitive in a race like this if things go to plan. One on top of 10, two and three. With Hungry Heart on top here, just banking on her to show the improvement she showed last prep was stepping up to 2,000 metres. Probably a best form is on top of the ground, but she ran a big race in George Main and fourth one, very elegant on a soft seven, two back. 
um, which is a very good campaign running in a far better company to what she sees here. And yeah, as I said before, two, up, up to 2,000 metres, um, she really thrived up to this sort of distance range last preparation. So hoping she can do the same here. Fourth up, she's on top for me. One, think it over. Hard to knock him. He's um, right up to 2,000 last start and fought when he needed to there. <clears throat> Uh, to beat shared, shared ambition, uh, he's a ripping, he's a ripping goldie. You love to own him, and he just keeps tries his hardest every time he runs. So he's in the game for sure. Eleven on top of one, two shared ambition. Uh, he's hard to knock as well. Just missing think it over last start and nine lions raw. I'm expecting to um, look form this preparation. Not great. A little bit of a better effort in the Epsom last start, but I'm just hoping he can improve up to two thousand meters here. I think he's over the odds. 11, 1, 2, and 9. That's the end of the black type on Everest Day. But there is one more feature, and I see both your value bets come up here. So we better go through it. It's race 9, Bentley St. Ledger Stakes, 2,600 metres, set weights and penalties, and it is worth half a million. Joel? Yeah, two warning for me. He's never really been one of mine. Of course, he's a derby winner as a three-year-old. Um Wins have been few and far between, but he was able to win the chairman's handicap third up in Brisbane in the winter when getting onto soft ground. He's had two runs back from a spell, but he was quite good with the big weight at Flemington. And then in the Metro, he just got way too far back and he was never likely, but I like these last hundred metres there. I think with Nashua Willer on from gate three, that can be a little bit more aggressive. He's never really been an on-pace horse, but you know, I think he can settle you know, midfield or just off midfield. Um, and there's already been some specking for him, I think. 18 or 19 into 13, so that's good to see. Uh, one on Tonte, really like this horse, and, and he's just in great form. You know, three Saturdays in a row, third, first, second, and just narrowly beaten in the Met drop. He's going to run very well. Nine Luncies, a bit of a work in progress, but he continues to sort of handle this rising class quite well. I thought he was pretty good in the Met drop, having to change course at a key stage. And four fun fact, fair bit of pressure up front in, the, in that Colin Stephen, and he held on quite well. He won this race last year. He's a tough on pacer. He looks ready to peak. Two on top from one, nine, and four. With the 13 on top, perfect deal. Um, the mare rising to 2,600 metres here, and she's <clears throat> given the impression that she'll handle this, the rising trip. She was a good winner in the Grafton Cup over 2,350. Um, the last couple of runs in Doombin have been okay when placing. It's half a length of an informed London banker's. The leader, Navy Cross, just got away from her at Gold Coast last start and um, she, with 62 kilos on her back, it was take that horse down. But she's run well and strong. Very consistent mare. She's one um, unbeaten on affected going. Um, down, down plummeting from 62 to 53 and a half. This looks a um, suitable race for her. She can certainly uh, figure and pick up a city win in, in Sydney for Michael Costa. So 13 on top, perfect deal. I'd like Two as well, the warning. Uh, warning, who was um, good in, in the Metro last start from a long way back. Um, sharply up and trip, take benefit from that. In for third, one on Tonte and six, Great House. Um, but 13 on top of two, one and six for me. All right, they were the value bets from the team. Race nine, number two, warning for Joel. Race nine, number 13, perfect deal for Daniel. Joel's best earlier in the program. Race four, number five, fangirl. And Daniel's best, race six, number two, Signore Fox. They are racing on the main track at Morfordville on Saturday. Daniel, 
what have you found for us there? Yeah, I'm going... Well, the best bet comes up in race eight. Uh, meteorite, pretty speedy, geld, speedy gelding from the McAvoy stable. Uh, tackled a 9.55 race at the Valley last start and uh, look, seemed to have his chance there. Just didn't finish off late. But he drops uh, drops back in grade for this um, after the claim. Only has to carry 58 kilos. And this field, I think, is pretty well in um, at the weights. Um, on his best, he certainly it will be hard to beat. There's a couple of lightly race types in the field that he'll have to take on here, but um, ranking him to get back to his best. And if he can roll along in front, he'll prove hard to catch uh, on a track that certainly favours those close to the speed. So Meteorite, race eight, number one, the best. Uh, the value or the next best comes up in the race prior, race seven. Also Saddlecloth one as Crowned Monarch. Pretty handy mare. He used to be trained by the Mitch Friedman stable in Victoria. Um, she showed a little bit of talent there. She only had the six starts, but she won twice, uh, both over 1,200 metres. She's first up for David Jolly here. Um, quite an impressive trial win on the Morphville Parks track leading into this. Um, I think has a quite a bright future and more upside than, than most of these. So Crown Monarch in race seven, first up for the new camp. Uh, my value of the day at Morphville. Joel, any thoughts on Adelaide? No, nothing there for me this week, Barks. They're racing at Eagle Farm in Brisbane on Saturday. They've gone with a 10-race card, but uh, fairly small fields throughout the day. Daniel, what have you managed to find for us there? I'm going to go with one who is in form, uh, Irish Sequel, uh, who was a pretty good winner third up. He, he was sort of burst. Pick it up runs were very good. The run of a coming winner and... Uh, had a really nice run in transit third up when rising to the 2,030 metres. Far too good there. Uh, I think rising in trip, there's still improvement to come. He's only relatively lightly raced in Australia. He's only had the six starts. Um, it looks a horse that can win a few races here. And um, off the back of the, off the strength of that last start win, I think he can go right on with the job in a race that uh, isn't a whole heap tougher. So race three, number two, the best Irish sequel. Uh, the value comes up in the last, race 10. Now, Note Lashes is currently still um, down to run in Melbourne as well. So, uh, might not run here in, in Brisbane. But if she does, she'll be really hard to beat. Very good fresh record, um, this horse. And she's been trialling well in Sydney leading in. Form last preparation of running fourth to Probabile in a group race. Um, it's really good form for a race like this. And after the claim to the Apprentice, only has to carry 55 kilos. So, Lashes... If here in Eagle Farm, uh, will be hard to beat in the last. Race 10, number four. All righty. Uh, Joel, anything you like in Brisbane? No, nothing in Brisbane for me, Bucks. All righty. Well, Ascot, once again, is the venue for Perth Racing on Saturday. And there's a couple of black type races here. Uh, you got your Crawford Stakes. That's race seven. The Furphy RS Crawford Stakes. Listed event over 1,000 metres. Our man in Perth, BJ Ryan, likes number two, Indian Pacific. Beat four, Stageman, one, Elite Street, ten, River Bows. So see that uh, some of the, the the real good Perth horses now coming back for that, uh, that those uh, three-week Masters series late November, early December. Speaking of which, uh, the Red Hot Railway favourite returns in race eight, which is the Crown Perth Northerly Stakes. 
a group three over 1400 meters and i speak of western empire number four for the leaders investments grant Nalona williams willie pike team as race eight number four western empire bj likes to be last of the line massimo and valor road 7 and two bj's best at ascot race five number six sprightly star and his value bet race three number three Vickers Chance. Earlier in the day, Joel, big, big programs across the Tasman at Hastings and Ashburton. Yeah, big, big fields, 10 race cards, both venues, a couple of, well, certainly down the south at Ashburton, a couple of lead ups towards Rickerton's Cup week, a good three year old race as they lead in towards their Guineas events. But Hastings is the key meeting. Of course, it's the group one meeting uh, with the Livermore Classic Wait for Age Race 8 on the program. I've gone for one at odds and I've made her in my value bet. Uh, number 16, Lana Cord. It's, uh, she's a four-year-old mare. We saw her at the back, of her, back end of her three-year-old filly season come across to Adelaide. She didn't have a lot of luck in the Group 1 Oaks and then finished second in the Group 3 Oaks uh, over the longer distance. Her two runs back. She's just been finding the distances too short, but I thought she was hitting the line okay at the end of 1600 against a few of these a couple of weeks back. This isn't a vintage Livermore Classic by any stretch, so I'm happy to play her each way. One Bowden, three Pre-Defer. They look the main two to beat, and five Chevelle Promateur, who I'm a bit of a fan of. He's taking a step up to 2,040 metres. That's the query with him. Uh, as I said, Lana Court is the value at Hastings. My best is earlier, race three, number 13, El Camilla. Placed at all four, was placed behind a tissue as a two-year-old. Her two runs this time in have been very good. She looked the winner here on day one of the carnival, and she got beaten by one which could be pretty special in four-year-old mare Secura Blossom, just turned in an unbelievable performance to win. I think El Camilla can go one better on the back of that. And down south at Ashburton, the best comes up race two, number 11, Dawn Parade. Now, this bloke's had three unplaced runs this time in. He's showed plenty of promise. There are excuses for his first run. His second run, I thought, was quite good to run fifth. They brought him down south last time out. Everything Tony Pike sent down, he has been winning. Except for him, he just got a long way back. He worked to the line pretty well. He had a big weight. He drops down to 54. He's got an inside draw. I know it's an open handicap and he looks sort of out of his depth a little bit, but he has got upside and he needs to go close if he's going to make it to a decent level. And my value bet, race 10, number 10, my world. He was the value bet a couple of weeks ago. It was a horror watch. He should have gone close to winning at double figures. From an inside gate, he never got clear. Now he's got an outside gate. So he's going to require a little bit of luck again, but he's going to be good each way odds and I will butter up. Race 10, number 10. All righty. That wraps up the preview section of the podcast and brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Well, we almost had a winning day last Saturday. Um, as soon as I heard the words all up, 
Daniel. The, uh, the, the alarm bell started ringing, and sure enough, your your first selection, Palazzo Spirit, got up at a longer price than my only one, I might say. Uh, but uh, we came a cropper with uh, Black Comb. So uh, I got Delphi up, but uh, only at even money after the uh, scratching of floating artists to Delphi. I think in hindsight probably would have beaten anyway. Uh, but anyway, we go again. Um, Joel, I'll leave it to you while I'm just uh, sorting out my... Uh, I'm just uh, tossing out between a couple. So let's see what you're doing. Yeah, no dramas. Oh, and, and Daniel was the black comb. Oh, the Jesus, oh. talk about horror watch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the less said about that, the better. Um, yeah. I am going to go Fangirl. So that is Randwick, race four, number five. I'm going to Caulfield for mine. Um, Buffalo River. In race, uh, what race is that? Sorry, race six. Six number eight. Track, yep. Yeah, well, I'm going to go to Caulfield as well. Um, and yeah, I'm just, you know, that's just too bad a race, I think, to go go with VNLO. I think too many, uh, too many known unknowns there. Uh, look, I'm going to go. No, it's a bit soft. I'll go each way. I'll go each way. In the last, Oxley Road, which is uh, race 10, number nine. That completes the preview podcast for Coffee Cup Day and Everest Day listeners. Uh, leaving us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. Online now, five bucks. Just go to winningpost.com.au. Click the link in the main yarn. Uh, in the shops, first thing Friday morning with the form for Friday night, Saturday and Sunday fields uh, for pretty much everywhere else, uh, colours and tips and all your favourite features. We uh, hope that you back plenty of winners over the weekend. Uh, enjoy the races if you're getting there and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.